Thank you, Ashley and Lauren and Krista for that beautiful special. And uh, thank you, Pastor Blake, for filling in for Pastor Bowman as he's away. Some responsibilities down at Pensacola. And please be praying for him. We'll take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to 1 Timothy chapter 3. I just want to let you know that uh, we did uh, indeed pass Mike Wyman for ordination council. Just in case you're wondering, he has a certificate all signed, sealed, and delivered by those of us that were on that council committee. We also gave him a study Bible that we all signed. Uh, And uh, tonight, uh, we invite you to join us after this message. Um, I'll close this in a word of prayer, and I'll thank the Lord for the refreshments. Uh, we have a dessert. Uh, we have a dessert fellowship afterwards, back in the Sweat Ministry Center in the Fellowship Hall. And so, as you go back there after the service, if you just give the ladies a couple of minutes to make sure everything is set before you go back, it would also give us a couple of buffer minutes in case Pastor Sweat needs a little time because they're in the very back um, in the growing zone part of the Sweat Ministry Center with their New Beginnings class. Um, but we invite all of you to stay. There is plenty for all, and we'll have a dessert fellowship. And there's a couple of gifts uh, for Mike. One of them is a mug that says Rev. So y'all can call Mike Rev. And uh, then we also have this cool little kind of a, um, a lighted plaque. You'll see it back there. that says, Fear not, I am with you. And you know what? Uh, Satan loves to try to discourage. He loves to try to intimidate. The ministry is a wonderful and fulfilling experience. Uh, I would never trade uh, my years in ministry for anything. And I would never do it any differently. I'm so thankful that God has counted me faithful and put me in the ministry. Uh, but you know what? It is, it is still, there are still battles to face. Uh, we are in spiritual warfare. And so those little means of encouragement, I trust will be a blessing uh, to Mike through the years. It's fun to be able to joke a little bit and have fun. Uh, but what we're about is deadly serious. Uh, the spiritual life and death. And I want to talk tonight uh, from the Word of God in 1 Timothy chapter 3. We'll look at verses 1 to 7, and then I'm actually going to move into some other passages of Scripture on 11 characteristics of a man called the ministry. And I'm not just preaching this to Mike, okay? (laughs) Uh, I am preaching this to all y'all, as we say here in Georgia, and uh, to encourage those of you boys and young men and even older men to consider the call to ministry. Um, I was sharing with our Sunday school class this morning that when we were in Bolivia, we met a man who for over 40 years was a master mechanic for Ford up in Detroit, Michigan area. He would come down with his church and do one or two week mission trips to Bolivia. And every time he came down, he got a little bit more of a burden, learned a little bit more Spanish, a little bit more vision for the ministry, came down on a short term missions trip. And then he ended up going there full time, selling his home in Michigan. He is completely self-funded through his pension and retirement, Social Security. And he has decided he's going to invest his retirement years, as long as he's healthy, reaching the Bolivian people with the gospel, planting churches, training young men in the seminary. And God has just greatly used his life. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor Todd? What's the point? The point is it's never too late for you to respond, men, to the call of ministry. I'm going to want you to see tonight the call, not just the call, but the characteristics of a man who is called to the ministry as Paul is relating these things to Timothy. Now, Timothy, yes, was his son in the faith. Timothy was in the ministry. So part of this training, I I really see this as Paul is pouring this into Timothy. But remember that Paul had Timothy on the island of Crete and he had Timothy then um, overseeing the churches And he had Timothy as the administrator um, in setting up other men who were called in the ministry to pastor local churches. 
on the island. And so, uh, so this, a lot of this is Paul's instructing Timothy, not just for Timothy's sake, but for Timothy then being able to take this instruction and looking at these qualifications to have discernment uh, for other men who would be called to a full-time vocational type of uh, ministry or calling. So look with me in verse 1. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3, 1, This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Number one, he is in a determined pursuit of the ministry. This word desireth literally means to be stretched out towards, to reach for. It's not talking about a manipulative grasping kind of thing, but it is talking about somebody who is drawn towards and reaching towards the ministry, who has a strong, passionate desire. You know, I think sometimes we hear some guys' testimonies of, well, it almost sounds like they went into the ministry kicking and screaming, you know? Like, well, I finally surrendered to the call of ministry. Hey, listen, it's not that I go kicking and screaming into the ministry. It is a joy and a privilege, and it's what I want to do. And one of the things I struggled with personally when, I, when God called me into the ministry was, is this too good to be true? I mean, would God really let me do this? This is the passion of my life. This is what I would love to do for the rest of my life. Serving the Lord a full-time vocational preaching, teaching, evangelizing type of ministry. So, do you really get your wish? And Psalm 37, 4 is one of my life verses. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And so it was very wonderful for me to understand that God, when he places a passion and a desire for the ministry like that, does not place that upon us to frustrate us, but to fulfill it, and so that we can be fulfilled in the calling by which we have been gifted. Number two, he has the desire to do the hard work of the ministry. Look back in verse one. If any man desires the office of a bishop, he desireth a good It's not a good thing. It's a good work. And that word work means labor. I mean, it means sweating. Now, I'm a little bit warm tonight up here under these lights. Um, I might uh, end up by the end of the service appearing like Moses when he came down off the mountain and his face shone. Uh, But it won't be from being like it was with Moses. It'll just be from the sweat. But you know what? The work of the ministry is work. It's labor. And so if somebody who has the desire to do the hard work of the ministry... There are long hours. There are lots of burdens that are carried. There are lots of confidences that are held. And there are, there are many hours spent in intercessory prayer. Uh, there's a lot of hours in fervent study. There's a lot of work um, in mentoring and in counseling. It's hard work. The ministry is hard work. But you know what? When you're called, you'll have the desire not just to be in the ministry and to be pursuing it, but you'll, have, you'll be reaching forth to do that work. A thing accomplished, the proverb says, is a matter accomplished is sweet to the soul. And you know that, in, that work can be so fulfilling. And when you are doing what God has called you to do, it is a wonderful and fulfilling thing. And then number three, he is living a disciplined life of godliness. Let's look at these qualifications in verses two and three. The Bible says in verse two, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. I could go through and do a whole series of messages and maybe someday I will. I will not do that tonight. All right. Um, but uh, the, the idea here is that he is living a disciplined life of godliness. He is disciplined to be a godly, loving ho- husband. As a matter of fact, the husband of one wife means that it is absolutely clear that he is absolutely in love with his wife. 
There is no question where his affections lie. They are with his wife and he loves her and he's dedicated to her and he works on that marriage relationship. He is disciplined. He's not covetous. He's not greedy of filthy lucre. He does the work of the ministry. Yes, we are blessed. We were on the pastoral staff here to be in a church where the church takes such good care of us financially. And I'm so grateful for that. Net, it is never a distraction. Financial things are not a distraction. We are able in an unimpeded way, not having to worry about those distractions to be able to do the work of the ministry. I think I have a very special appreciation for that. And those of you that have been in full-time ministry positions understand that sometimes uh, pastors have to be bivocational or they have to work a part-time job or that sort of thing. Or uh, it's very much of a subsistence living or maybe the wife works a job in order to sustain the family financially so that the man who's called of God can do the work in the ministry. When, when we were in full-time evangelism for 17 and a half years, although my, one of my constant prayers was, Lord, please don't ever let finances become a distraction because just the expenses of doing the, of the work of evangelism and itinerant ministry, it's very expensive to do, right? And, uh, and there are a lot of expenses. And so there are, that we really, you really learn to walk by faith and be consistent in your prayer life uh, when it comes to just not only all of the ministry needs and the spiritual matters you're facing in that ministry as you're partnering with a pastor in the church, but also just personally, there are a lot of, of needs. And so um, praise the Lord. I believe that he allowed us faithfully not to become distracted by financial concerns. Uh, but, it's, but the idea here is that, that, is, that though we are to be good stewards, that is not the focus. There are so many other areas of discipline not given to wine. Not only that, but not addicted to anything. It's interesting to me, although it's not in this passage, how often gluttony and, and, and being a wine-bibber are connected. And because some people can be controlled by food, other people can be controlled by alcohol, other people can be controlled by other physical substances, sometimes people can be controlled by other people in their relationships. Every Christian ought to be controlled only by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. That ought to be the ruling force, you might say, and factor in our lives. But one who is in the ministry, especially... Is one who is going to have to be disciplined not to be enslaved to anything, and not to, to be disciplined not to become addicted to anything, except to be addicted to the work of the ministry. There are other things that we could mention as well. He has his, his temper under the control of the Holy Spirit because he's not a striker, he's not a brawler. He's one who is, who is generally he's one who is, who is given to hospitality, one who is gracious to entertain and to be generous and to help and to facilitate. Uh, that, that is part of it, and that takes discipline when you're tired and you're ready to go home and somebody still wants to talk or somebody has a need and you've poured yourself out all day to continue by the grace of God to pour out yourself and to listen and to serve or to do the extra thing or even the things behind the scenes that nobody knows about. And folks, I'm not up here having a pity party or anything like that. Remember, the ministry is a very exciting and delighting uh, thing and very fulfilling. Uh, but I understand also that there's a discipline in being given to hospitality. There's also this apt to teach, taking those teachable moments and, and having, this is part of the gifting of the Spirit of God on somebody who's called to be a, uh, in, the, in the vocational ministry, is that they see uh, circumstantial evidence, or, uh, events as opportunities to make spiritual application and to teach. And there's a readiness to teach the Word of God. Not that anybody in the ministry has all the answers and can give you a lightning fast response to whatever spiritual question you may have. 
but there's an aptness to teach. There's a desire to teach. And if, and if that man in the ministry does not know that answer, he'd be quick to say, hey, let me study that out and get back to you. I want to make sure I give you a biblically accurate, helpful, practical answer. Uh, but that person then dives into the word of God and that man comes back. He's apt to teach. So he's disciplined in his life of godliness. And then look at verses four and five, if you would with me. He is one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So he, he is through study and patience developing leadership qualities. And here he's developing these qualities in the home. If he does not, if he's not able to lead his wife spiritually, he's not able to lead his children spiritually, he has no business trying to lead the church of God. And so he is learning and he is developing those qualities of spiritual leadership in his home as well as in the ministry. Number five, he displays godly maturity and humility. Look in verse six, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, fall into condemnation of the devil. Uh, one of the things I even mentioned, I think, in, in when I was praying over uh, Pastor Mike tonight uh, was how I appreciate his humble and teachable spirit. Um, he's very approachable. He asks a lot of questions. He is hungry uh, to learn and to grow and to take the things that are shared with him and to study it out according to the scripture and then to make personal application. And that is, that is something that uh, he is displaying that, to me, is great evidence towards him being called and characterized as a man called to the ministries that he displays a godly maturity and humility. And then look at verse 7. Moreover, you must have a good report of them that are without. Who's the without? Those without the church. Unbelievers. That is, within the community, he has a distinct testimony for Christ. A distinct testimony for Christ. And then, number seven, he is sound in doctrine. And this is where we turn to Titus. And you don't need to turn there. Uh, but in Titus chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. He is sound in doctrine. That is, he's holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught. So he holds fast to the word of God. He holds fast to these truths. He is allowing himself to be taught of the Holy Spirit through the scriptures, holding steadfastly to sound doctrine. And then the other next thing as a part of that in Titus 1.9 is that he is skilled in preaching and teaching the word of God, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. So he's able to exhort brothers and sisters in Christ. That is to teach, to strongly urge, to instruct, and to challenge. That's, all of those things are included in that word exhort. But then he's also able, the Bible says, to convince the gainsayers, those who would be skeptics, those who would be critics. He is able to so well handle the word of God and to explain it that they then do not have an answer, a legitimate, viable answer to the, to the teaching and the response that he has given. The Bible says that for the glory of God, that those mouths are stopped. That those that were, that those that were gainsayers, that those who were speaking against the testimony, both by godly living and by a sound biblical answer, are able to put to silence those gainsaying critical things against uh, the word of God and against what we call the faith. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24, 
as Paul is again teaching Timothy about the things that characterize the man called to the ministry, in verse 24 he says this, And the servant of the Lord must not strive. But the thing that I want to pull from that verse is that he is a servant of the Lord. Certainly, we who are on this pastoral staff are servants to you, the church. We are servants to our community. We are servants to our family. But ultimately, the master before whom we bend the knee and to whom we shall give an account is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if it means that we have to make a choice between this church and being loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ, we have no choice. We must be loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so she is a servant of the Lord. We serve him. And that means sometimes we have to do what is scriptural, what is biblical, as we are led by the Spirit of God, even when it is a very unpopular thing or contrary to uh, popular opinion. And then number 10, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 to 4, the Bible says this. Paul's talking to the Ephesian, or to the Ephesian elders, or Peter is, excuse me, to the, and, 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 he's, and, and it's very similar, excuse me, to what Paul is saying to the Ephesian elders in the book of Acts as he exhorts them. So here Peter exhorts the elders, the, the pastors, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So, number 10, he is a shepherd leader. He has a heart to lead and to protect the sheep. He has a compassionate understanding that sheep are sheep, right? And the shepherd has to be very patient with the sheep. And a, and, and a shepherd has to be very vigilant to watch out and to protect the sheep. And the, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So there is self-sacrifice spirit out of the compassion and love of Christ. And so a pastor, and the word pastor literally is the word for shepherd. And so he is a shepherd leader. He leads by example. Uh, you hear this all the time in, in seminary when you're, when you're training for the ministry. You can drive cattle, but you've got to lead sheep. And that is so true. And so a pastor, though he may preach the word of God strongly, and he may have to lovingly and firmly confront brothers and sisters in Christ, um, he has a loving desire to gently and graciously lead them, both by his example and by his influence. Having that ministry as he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the paraclete, the one who walks along beside. And a pastor, a man called to the ministry, has that heart to put his spiritual arms around the shoulders of his people, around his sheep, and to encourage them and to help direct them in a way that is pleasing to Christ, that draws them closer to Christ so their lives can glorify God, so that their lives can be spiritually protected, so their lives can be useful for the glory of God, so that they are not ensnared by the devil. So he's a shepherd leader. And then he is sure of his calling by God into the ministry. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 12 says this, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who, count, who enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He is sure of his calling by God into the ministry. And when we questioned Pastor Mike, uh, he started off in the ordination council questioning by sharing his salvation testimony. And then he gave his testimony of his call to the ministry. And let me tell you, it was no maybe so, hope so kind of thing. It was, I know that I am called to the ministry. 
that this, that, that yes, men may put their stamp of approval and I may be ordained by a council that is an agreement. Godly men who are ordained of God to minister the word, having questioned and see that he is faithful not only in doctrine, but in ministry and in life. But folks, it is not that Mike is ordained by men, although we were his ordination council, but that he is ordained of God. And Mike has a confidence in that, that he is ordained of God. And you know what? Every one of us who have been called to the ministry, we know that our calling is sure. Now you may be, some of you young men may be, may be wondering and saying, well, how do I know if I am called to vocational ministry? And I would say this, explore it, pray about it. And as you get of age where you can uh, hook up, say, with Pastor Mike, say you're in youth group and you're a young man and you say, hey, I don't know if God's called me to the ministry or not, but I'd sure like to explore that possibility. Man, if God would call me to the ministry, that would be awesome. Hey, Pastor Mike, can we go out and can we make a few visits together? I'd like to learn how to really share my faith. Or, hey, Pastor Mike, would there be a time when maybe I could share a devotional with some of the other people in the youth group and learn how to teach the word of God and learn how to preach the word of God? And listen, if there's some other things that I can do to serve, I want to explore this. And so there are, there are those opportunities to pray, to talk to other people that are in the ministry, to look for opportunities to serve and have watch how God develops that. Ask those, some of these men who have been called in the ministry. I'd, I'd encourage those of you that are in high school and college, go up to Pastor Mike at the reception tonight and say, Hey, Pastor Mike, tell me. The story of your journey, how you came to where you know that you've been called to vocational ministry. Have you known that you've been called to vocational ministry since you've been 12 years old? Like Pastor Todd knew. No. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, how did you know? How did God open up your heart? How did you discover that? How did God call you to the ministry? And ask and explore and be willing. For those of you, maybe that are out of high school and college and you're into life but you say you know what there has been there's been a draw in my heart a desire towards vocational ministry not that I want a change of careers or a change of scenery no I believe maybe that God has gifted me and God is calling me it may not to be to pastor a church it may be to be an associate pastor God may use some of your gifts and abilities that you have in whatever your vocation you're in to be an assistant pastor in a church somewhere. It may be that God would call you, uh, and, and we would hate to, we hate to lose anybody from Berean, but the best way to lose somebody is if they go off to ministry somewhere. And maybe God calls you to leave Berean and go out to Utah or Colorado or Washington State or Oregon or somewhere and help a church plant or start a church. And you're going to go out there and you're going to be his assistant. And maybe you're able to work remotely. So you, work, you continue to work your occupational job, but you begin to pursue that and you go out there and you work in that, in that call of ministry. And maybe then eventually God puts you and makes that calling sure. Yes, God wants you in some sort of full-time vocational ministry. Maybe some of you who have such a heart for missions, maybe God's going to call you to the mission field. Maybe like my friend who's down in Bolivia, it may be that when you get ready to retire, you're not just considering taking it easy and just going, you know, and and nothing wrong with that. But maybe you're going to say, I'd like to invest at least some of my best years of retirement on the mission field, serving God as a missionary. It may be planting churches or it might be helping a missionary who's planting churches. There's so much different work to do in missions work. Ask Bill Lake. He can give you all kinds of ideas of all kinds of missions ministry that you could do somewhere. Man, you know what? If, if this church 
went down to half its size because people were leaving to go to the mission field and going to other and going to, to church planting ministries and things like that to do the work of the ministry. Amen. You know what? The woods are full of unbelievers out there. Let's go reach some more for Jesus. Let's go make some more disciples. Let's help them to mature in the ministry. Let's equip them for the work of the ministry. Let's see out of them who God will call. And let's keep this thing going because it's not about the kingdom of Berean Baptist Church. We're not a kingdom. We're a local assembly of believers. We're a part of the kingdom of Christ and of God. This is about his kingdom. And as God builds Berean Baptist Church here, we are thankful for all who come and all who join with us and all who serve with us. And I'm not trying to get rid of anybody tonight, all right? Don't misunderstand. But you know what? If God has called you men or if you believe God may be calling you to the ministry, at least tonight, would you stop and pray and say, Lord, I commit to keep my heart open to the call to vocational ministry. It may be, Lord, you want me to use my skills and abilities and whatever my occupation is now and as a tent maker to go and help somebody as they're planning a church or to go to a mission field and to spend a few years of my retirement helping a missionary in the work of the ministry. But would you consider that? Would you pray about that? Young people, young men especially, would you tonight at least say, Lord, my life is yours. And if you call me to the ministry and you make that clear to me, I will obey and I will heed whatever you reveal. You say, well, Pastor Tide, you sure gave a big list of things to live up to. Hey, listen, this is not something that happens overnight. This is something that God develops in your character over time. But some of you men, God's been working these things in your character over time. Maybe some of you are being called to a full-time vocational ministry. Respond to that call. Be obedient to the call. Say, I don't know how God's going to make that possible. Hey, listen, someone has said God always pays for what he orders. And God will pay for what he orders in your life if you respond to that call. Some of you young men just need tonight to say, Lord, I'm, I'm yours, I'm willing, and Lord, help me to always be open to that possibility. It may be not even when I go to college. It may not even be you know, my first few years of life. It may be further down the road. But Lord, I always want to be open to be your servant and do your will. I'm so thankful for our pastors. For I'm thankful for Pastor Sweat. He's back. Here he is, Pastor Emeritus, retired, stepped down from full-time ministry. But he's back there right now teaching our New Beginnings class. On this Wednesday night, he's going to start teaching a men's leadership class. We've recruited some men uh, from different ages and backgrounds to be in the spiritual leadership class. That'll go for 12 weeks. He's going to teach that. So thankful for Pastor Randy, our administrative pastor, and all the ministry and counseling that he and Christy do in ministry. So thankful for Pastor Blake and Charlotte and for what Pastor Blake does as our, our pastor of ministry development and outreach. And Pastor Mike, our student ministries pastor, and Pastor Bowman, our music pastor. I'm so thankful for these men called of God. I'm thankful for men, and I would consider them, quote, elders, because Pastor Lake's been a pastor, and he, I would consider him an elder. So thankful for men like this who continue to serve God. Brother Bill's still serving over there at BMW, still teaching Sunday school here, still helping with the, with, uh, the prime timers class here. I'm so thankful for all that he does. Um, and you know, it is a joy to be in the ministry. And you know what? One of these days, young men... We're going to have to pass off the baton. We're not going to to live forever. (laughs) We are, spiritually, but our physical bodies aren't going to. And uh, and we need men that are going to be willing to go in the ministry and serve. You know, every day that goes by is a day closer to the rapture. Every day is a day less. We have an opportunity for the sake of the gospel. And if there's ever a time when it's really been urgent, 
do you realize we are at the highest population on planet Earth that it has ever experienced? Do you realize the great need for the sake of the gospel of proclaiming the word and establishing churches and growing and equipping believers and reaching this world with the gospel because the time is short? May we have the same spirit as our Savior when he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And maybe God's not called all of us to vocational ministry. In fact, I know that that is not true. But God, if you're saved, has given you spiritual gifts. And God expects you to use them. And Berean Baptist Church is one of many venues where you can use them. But let me encourage you, serve God with your life full-time, whether you've been called to the vocational ministry, as we have been describing tonight from 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 and 1 Peter and some of these other passages. And God may not have called you to that particular type of ministry, a full-time vocational ministry, but he's called you to serve him full-time, serving him in ministry. And you know, there is no retirement in God's economy. So let me encourage you to continue faithful. As one brother that I met in a church one time, he was in his 90s, still serving the Lord, leading congregational music and teaching Sunday school and stuff. And he told me, he said, Brother Todd, I can't do as much as I used to do, but I'm still doing all I can do for the Lord. And I really, really appreciate it. I'm so thankful tonight we could have this opportunity to look into God's word about the characteristics of a man called to the ministry. Young men, pray about that. May your life be challenged by these things. Men of the church, may your lives be challenged by these things. And always be open to the will of God. Be a servant of the Lord. If you will start with that one, I'm just a servant of the Lord. Then wherever God assigns you, he will equip you, he will enable you, and he will use your life. Let's bow our heads for a moment. I want to give you just an opportunity to pray silently in this time of quiet. And then Pastor Blake will dismiss us with a chorus. Maybe some of you said, you know what, there was a time in my life when I really believed God had called me to the ministry. But I've kind of allowed things to distract me, distract my attention. And uh, you know what, God really began to draw my heart to reach out towards vocational ministry. I desire that work of the ministry. Others, maybe God spoke to you about being disciplined in these different spiritual aspects of your life. But you would say, you know, although I'm not perfect, I see that God is working these characteristics in my life. And maybe it's because he's equipping and preparing me to someday be in vocational ministry. And if that is the case, then praise the Lord. At least would you tonight in the quietness of this moment right now commit in 2023 to actively and faithfully serving the Lord and being open to his will, whatever his calling on your life might be. And then I'm going to pray and thank the Lord for Pastor Mike. Ask his blessing on the food back in the reception. And then Pastor Blake will come dismiss us in the closing course again. Let me just remind you to be mindful of uh, the class in the very back that Pastor Sweat is teaching and just a fellowship in the atrium area for a little bit before heading back. Father, what a joy, what a delight, what a thrill it is to be able to serve you, to be used of you, to be an ambassador of the gospel and through your Holy Spirit speaking through us the good news of eternal life. 
To be able to see somebody have the truth dawn in their understanding and turn from their sin to the Savior. What a blessing when we have an opportunity to equip and instruct a believer in service and to see them begin to grow and to become even more effectual in that ministry and the delight and the fulfillment that they have. What a blessing, what a grace that you would use any of us. What mercy and grace that you would forgive our sins and save our souls. What mercy and grace that you would equip us and give us spiritual gifts and use us. And I know that all of us aren't here are not called to vocational ministry. Not all the men here are called to that. But may all of us be pursuing to have these godly disciplines and characteristics in our lives because everything we have seen tonight reflects the character of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I truly, I pray that our men and our young men would not quickly dismiss this from their thoughts, but truly would be open to that call of ministry. And may every Christian here tonight commit to serving you and to doing what you call them to do and to actively, purposefully serve you this year. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Mike and Tiffany and their family. I pray your protection and your provision for them. I pray that you would equip them with wisdom, with grace, with compassion, with discernment. I pray, Lord, that you would increase Mike in all of the skills and abilities on the giftings of one called to vocational ministry. And while we understand the awesome responsibility and the incredible accountability of fulfilling this calling, oh Lord, at the same time, we know that you will fully equip us to do it so that we can stand before you and give an account of a life faithfully lived for you. So Lord, we pray especially tonight as we uh, are honoring and celebrating your goodness and your call uh, to, uh, on Mike and Wyman to the ministry for your special blessing on them. And may our reception tonight be a wonderful time of fellowship and encouragement for them. Lord, pray that you would refresh us with the food and that we would be encouraged by our fellowship tonight. And I pray that as we leave here tonight, and especially the Wyman's, they would leave here greatly rejoicing in your goodness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? And we'll dismiss by singing a chorus together. Pastor Blake. Number 548, A Servant's Heart, Make Me a Servant Like You, Dear Lord. Thank you.